You realize that we are on mission here at New Covenant. There is a mission and a purpose that God has placed us on the earth. I think about it back in 1997 when, when God called about uh, six or eight of us together to begin to pray and to, to, to begin to start this work called New Covenant Worship Center. And I begin to see all the changes that have taken place, but all that God wants to do. It's been an amazing journey on what God has done and is doing. And so when I hear testimonies like that, I get a little emotional because it really is about us making the mission the first and highest priority of our lives. And so today I'm going to talk about our mission. I want to talk about what God's doing, what God wants to do. And, I, and, and today it's kind of like what Shelly shared last week. It's kind of a, a family talk. So if you're a guest with us, we're glad you're here because you're going to get to see a little bit of picture about what God does here at New Covenant and what he's up to. And, uh, and I'm really going to call us all to, uh, to the mission today. So today, by the end of the service, what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and what I believe God's going to do is God's going to put on all of our hearts, what aspect of the mission are you to be a part of? And how can you cooperate with the mission that God has placed this church in? And you know, this sometimes we have mission drift, and we, um, we, we kind of get off of mission, but we really, really need to keep emphasizing what God has called us to, to be and to do. Amen? So we're going to go, and, and, and I just want to uh, highlight over the last several weeks what we have talked about in case you're a guest or maybe you've missed uh, over the last couple weeks. I, I want to share a little bit. Uh, just as a recap, as we're talking about this church reaching the next generation, it is going to take all generations to reach the next generation. Can I have an amen on that? There was a prophetic word that was spoken over New Covenant many, many years ago in 1997, 98, in that general area. And the word came forth, and thus saith the Lord, the Lord would say to this house, I am going, it's going, I am going to move in such um, amazing way. I'm going to change the spiritual landscape of this city. I am going to take this city uh, with the Gideon's 300. There was all kinds of prophetic words that came forth, but there was this, this zero. It, it was this thing where I've called you to the young generation, and there's going to be enough older people in order to sustain it. And, 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 and this church has been constantly a flux of young people in and out of this house. Would you guys not agree with it? You can go to any other church in this city and you will not find as many young people as you find here. Now, I realize we're low in attendance today. There's a lot going on, in, but we have a lot of young people in this house and we have a lot of old people who are uh, like me. I'm old, so if you're, you're old, if you're older than 40, you're old, okay? And so all of us older folk are helping support what God is doing in the young generation and raising up this generation. And I'm really excited about, I, I see that God is doing something, and I want to really encourage us in this journey. And so a couple of weeks ago, Natalie came and, uh, from Foursquare, and she shared a powerful message. And it was a good message about reaching the next generation. And so she brought some really, really good points. And then the following week, Shelly shared about how the message that Natalie brought what kind of soil are we? And the challenge was, hey, are you good soil? Hey, everybody say, I'm good soil. I'm good soil. I'm good soil. And when the word of God, when the word of God is preached, the word comes and it goes inside to the soil of my heart. And what gets produced from that message or that word is what we call fruit, right? And so Shelly really, really did a really good job of saying, hey, there are, there are thorns that are in our lives. There are 
things can she use that passage out of John about how there were the seed that was sown on the path the seed that was sown on rocky soil the the, the soil or the seed that was sown uh, on the thorny ground and then the good soil and she really zeroed in on this message about how the thorns that, that the cares of this life choke off and keep us from being the productive men and women for the mission that God has called us to do and to be. And so she really challenged us to get rid of thorns in our life. Do you guys remember that message about getting rid of the thorns in our life? And she zeroed on, in on this a part of the scripture. And she said, uh, but she said, but to, but to raise up a harvest of disciples, to raise up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God, we must, and we must, everybody say we must, we must be good soil, and, and we must get the thorns out of our life to be effective. And she went into that scripture about where that passage said this, there were three things that create thorns in your life. I hope you remember it. The, the passage says that the thorns that are in your and my life that keep us from being good soil, that keep us from fulfilling our mission as a church, the, 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 the things that keep us from being productive and multiplying this house, multiplying disciples, multi getting people saved, setting people free, breaking captives free. What keeps us from accomplishing that was the thorns in our life. And the Bible said the thorns were this, worries in your life. That the worries in your life keep you from being fruitful. It keeps you from being good soil. And so she challenged us, what are the worries in your life? Get rid of the worries. Let God set you free from the worries in your life. Because if the worries are there, that's thorns that are keeping you from being a part of the mission here. The other one was the deceitfulness of wealth. That the deceitfulness of wealth keeps us from being good soil. This desire to get rich, this desire for greed, this desire to have the American dream is not the dream that God has for us. Yes, money is a tool. Money is power. Yes, it is. But it is a tool for the kingdom. It's a tool for the mission that God has called us to. It's not that we can build bigger barns. It's not that we can build bigger houses. It's not that we can have fancier homes and fancier cars and all that kind of stuff that the Bible says will rust and, it will, and the moths will eat away and it will, have no, it will have no transference into the kingdom of heaven. But yet you've got to use, they ha, they ha, you have to have some of that stuff in order to further the kingdom of God. And I'm not saying that stuff is evil. I'm saying the love of it and the deceitfulness of it is what keeps thorns in your life. It keeps you in debt. It keeps you in bondage. And it keeps you from being productive in the kingdom. Somebody tell me amen, please. Amen. And the third area was the desires for other things that choke the word, plant it in our heart, and that make us unfruitful. And so there are the desires for many, many things. And I think about in my own life, in my own walk, when we were raising our children, it's so funny, we, you know, because we were at a wedding last night, and, and it was Joel's best friend, Stephen Bennett, and Stephen played for Butler, and all these Butler guys were there, and they were quite tall, weren't they, Ashley? I mean, these Butler guys are really, really tall, and it's so funny uh, my boys had such a desire to play at that kind of level and, and 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 but really when it all boils down to it when life comes down to its simplest form, that doesn't mean anything. Fame doesn't mean anything. 
the mission that God has called us on, that is what means the most. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. It was fun seeing the Butler guys, and it was neat to see them all catch up. But you know what? Even basketball is not a priority. Can I have an amen? Even though we enjoy the sport, and it is a lot of fun. And we had a lot of fun with it. So at any rate, Shelly asked us to make a list of things that were in our life that are thorns. Worries, deceitfulness of wealth, and desires for any things. And she asked us to make a list, and hopefully you guys have been working on that list. And she challenged us to reprioritize our work schedule. She challenged us to look at our pleasure, pleasure schedule, our entertainment schedule, the things in our life that are really, really um, um, keeping us from being productive. And I, 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 I question whether I should share this today because I don't want to come across as uh, prideful or, it's, uh, or um, um, that it's about me because pr I promise you it's not about me, but it's about what God calls us to do. And what God calls us to be in the mission that he has set us out to be. And I'll, I'll never forget, uh, back in 1997, um, when we started this church. And um, it, was a, it was a radical time in my life. I, um, my journey, uh, my son Joel was four. My daughter Rebecca was two. And Abraham was six months old. And we started this little church in the basement of my home with some, some amazing men and women who had this passion for Jesus and had this passion to reach this city for Jesus Christ. They had a passion to raise up disciples and to multiply the kingdom of heaven. And when Shelley began to talk a couple weeks ago, and she started talking about sacrifice and how some of you will quit your jobs. And she talked about my wife quitting her job here recently so that she could focus on children's ministry. Unpaid. She's sacrificing an unpaid, working 20 to 30 hours a week, literally, to help raise up a next generation. And I thought about my own life. And from 97 to 2000, I worked bivocationally. I worked 55 hours a week in my job. And then I came home and tried to take care of three little kids and then I was pastoring the church. And for three years, I did that, and it was like, it's amazing I have any hair. I mean, this gray in the goatee is probably there for a reason. <laughs> and Shelly said something last week that really challenged me, and I've not called people to sacrifice. And she says, some of you will quit your jobs. Some of you will reprioritize your lives for the kingdom of heaven and the mission that we're called to. And the Lord began to convict my own heart. And he began to say, Eric, remember how much you used to sacrifice for the mission. He says, I'm calling you back to that. I'm calling you back to that. It's so easy to get into being comfortable. Hello? But in 2000, I quit my job. And it was a huge sacrifice. I was making six figures. 
And I didn't know how we were going to make it financially. But the mission, the mission of raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God from the next generation was pounding in our hearts. Not mine, just mine. It was in Sam's. It was in Tom's. It was in Lynn's. It was in so many other people. We had a passion to see the kingdom of heaven built and to see the government of God and the increase of his government come to this city and revival. And I, I, I tell you, even this, during service, I, I was in tears as I was laying hands on my son Abraham because he had had a, a vision this morning and we were all in, a, in, in deep, deep ocean water and we were all floating and this tidal wave of God's presence came and just came over us and that he really felt that there was something God was doing in this city. And I see that God's in the process of transferring that burden, that mission on the next generation. And Abraham starting to get that, that passion and that mission, that, that call for this house and this city. Gosh, I'm sorry, I had no clue what I was Praise God. You guys, I know I, I leak. <laughs> but God's calling him forth. There's a call going on in his life. There's a call in some of these young, fiery ones that God is calling to raise up. And there's a young generation that God is calling to sell it all, to, to give it all for the kingdom of heaven. Can I have an amen on that? Yeah. And so God challenged me this morning as I to kind of go where he had taken me, and that there is a tremendous sacrifice. Instead of working 55 hours a week, God may say, I want you to work 40. I want you to get out of debt. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I'm calling you guys higher, and I, and I, and I really realize that I need to call myself higher as well in this journey. And so with that, I want to follow Shelley's message up as we're talking about our mission, and I want to remind us of what our mission is, and, and I've reworded the mission a little bit today, and I've brought some scriptures out, and I really have appreciated Jeff Hughes and Alex Fulton, because uh, they've really been tapping into something when it comes to discipleship, and they've been challenging Tom and I, and we've been butting heads a little bit on how are we going to fulfill the mission that God has called us to. But uh, today, I'm going to go over every aspect. Some of this message is going to be, um, I don't want to call it boring. It's, it's going to be informational. It's going to be, I want you guys to see all the ministries that are going on to reach the next generation in this house. You've got to see a bigger picture of what's going on. And as you see them today, here's what I believe is going to happen. As I begin to go over every aspect of ministry that happens in this house, I believe the Spirit of God is going to come to you. I believe He's going to begin to manifest Himself to you. I think something God is going to highlight an area of ministry, and He's going to say, give yourself to that. He's going to highlight it, and you're going to go, oh, I've got to be a part of that. I don't know what part it is. I don't know what it's supposed to do, but there's something. Even in your bulletin today, I've put a list in your bulletin today of all the ministry leaders that are leading aspects of ministry, and the list is long. <laughs> but it gives you the contact person. As I go over these aspects of ministry, this is going to be a little... Uh, information, but I'm going to bring inspiration at the end as I challenge us 
to enlist in the mission. And so God is highlighting this today, and he wants us to go through all the aspects of ministry that uh, this church is involved in and, and about serving sacrificially and laying down our lives and, uh, for the mission. And if God has called you to new covenant, listen to me. If God has called you to new covenant and this church is your home, it is not okay to sit here on a Sunday morning and not engage in the mission. This is not a church where you're going to feel comfortable doing that. And I'm not going to apologize for that. This is not about you. This is not about you growing. This is not about your life. This is about what God wants. This is about his mission. This is about we have been called to do great things for the kingdom of heaven. We are not a social club. We are not a service organization. We are on mission from God. We are on mission. And I've had some mission drift. And I'm calling this to refocus our lives. And I believe God's going to highlight some things about that. You guys with me? Good. So let's talk about missions. Let's talk about mission for a moment. Because everyone, if you have your Bibles or you have a Bible app or you have a tablet or whatever, I want everyone to turn with me to this scripture. And I'm going to put this within the context of our mission at this house. Get your Bibles out. We're going to all read this. If you don't have your Bible, look at somebody else's. I will show it up on the screen. I will bail you out, but I want you to read it. There's some, and I want you to get your Bible out. <clears throat> Jesus said this. Follow me. Oh, I'm not going there yet. I, 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 I've intended to do that. Hey, you guys are listening, man. You're on the edge of your seat. Where are we going? Where are we going? Okay. <laughs> Jesus said this. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And I will make you. I will make you. I will transform you. I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. And I will make you. I will transform you into a fisher of men. All of us are to be fishermen. All of us are to be discipling. All of us are to be pouring into someone. And so now we'll go to Matthew 28. And this is scripture that we call the Great Commission. And I want to set the stage just briefly, and I think Shelley did a great job of setting it. And we'll set the stage briefly before we read it. And this was the context of what is going on when Jesus Christ, who is Jesus? He's the son of the living God, right? He's the one we adore. He's the one we sang about. He's the one we worship this morning, right? Because he set us free. He's called us. We're his disciples. We're his lovers. We are passionate lovers of God, right? And this is when Jesus Christ, he has died. 
on the cross. He is now resurrected from the cross and from the grave. And now he has been for 40 days, he has been going and he has been revealing himself to his disciples, his followers. The people have started to see him and they're going, dang, that dude's alive. They, 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 the, the things are coming back to them of, oh, wow, he did say he was going to die and raise in three days. He did say that he would tear down this temple in three days, he would bring it back. And that temple would now be him instead of the temple. And so we got this situation. So Jesus, as at the end of these 40 days, he is getting ready to go back to his father. He's getting ready to be transfigured before them and leave them. He's getting ready to get out of Judge and he's getting ready to fill them with the Holy Spirit in about 50 days. And he's getting ready to leave the disciples. And this is the passage he says, hey guys, I have an important thing to tell you before I leave. Okay, you guys with me? So, not is this a passage that's just for the disciples, but this is a commandment, this is a great commission, this is our mission as a church. And this is what we're going to read. Matthew 28, verse 16. Matthew 28, 16. We're going to read this passage. And this is what Jesus said to the 11 disciples who went to, who went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but guess what? Some doubted. Uh, can this really be? It still blows my mind after seeing him resurrect from the dead. Doesn't that blow your mind that they were still doubting? Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. And I bolded there three basic things. He's saying, all of us, Eric, John, Fred, Frida, Frick, all of you guys, go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them. I want you to teach them to obey all that I have commanded you this day. That is the great commission. It's the great commandment. It is something that God has called this house to, and that is what we are about, is making disciples. And so I, I reworded our mission statement to this, and we're not going to change our mission statement, but I want to bring a point to this about our mission to raise up disciples who are radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation. And these disciples, because of their radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God, what they will do is they will love deeply, they will serve sacrificially, they will speak truthfully, they will live holy, and they will go globally in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit, calling all people to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Somebody say amen. How we accomplish this mission, how we do that changes. Every church does it differently. Right. And ours is even in flux. We're even in this process of looking at every aspect of ministry and going, are we making disciples? Right. Are we raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God? How does this aspect of ministry need to change? We're debriefing in every aspect of ministry in the South and going, what's working, what's not working? Because we're serious about our mission. 
of raising up disciples who are passionate lovers of God. And so how we accomplish this mission of raising up them will always probably change as we grow in Christ. So, where I want to go briefly is I want to go to how we're currently doing it, what aspects of ministry are currently in this house, and there are so many more that need to come. I pray to God I didn't miss anything. That's the danger of bringing these and putting them all in a list because there's so many working parts. You guys realize how many working parts? We need you. You, you may think because the service goes great or whatever that there, there's no need, but I'm telling you, there are lots of needs in this house if we're going to, conf- if we're going to fulfill our mission. Can I have an amen on that? And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go over some of our goals. Our goals for every believer in this house is to become a passionate disciple of Jesus. We have that goal for you. We have a goal for you to commit to friendship and relationships in a connect group and growing together with others. If you're not in a connect group, I'm telling you, you're going to miss out. Are, are our connect groups perfect? Nope. Are our people in the connect groups perfect? Nope. Are there problems in connect group? Yep. That's what it's all about, is growing. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another, right? And so we are committed to get you into friendship and relationship in a connect group. We want you to be committed to being discipled by someone. We want you being taught how to obey Christ and all he has commanded us to be and do. We want you to serve in an aspect of ministry in the mission. We want you to multiply yourself and to disciple someone else. We want you to share your faith with friends and to lead others to Christ. We want you to lead in in raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God. That's what our goals and our desire for you. And there's even more goals than that. I just kind of highlighted some uh, some top, top seven, okay? How are we doing in that process? Are you a passionate disciple of Christ? Are you committed to friendship and relationships and connect group? Are you being discipled by someone? Are you being taught how to obey? And here's in our house, and I'm probably getting a little sidetracked, but I will. In our house, many times what we've done is we've been a triage unit. And there's nothing wrong with triage. You realize if you're in triage, you need somebody to care for you right now. But much of the discipleship that we've done here at New Covenant has been you're in triage, your marriage is about to fall apart, and somebody like me or somebody else, we come in and we do life support. (laughs) And we come in and we try to save the marriage uh, because it's in shambles. And we try, at that point in time, we begin to disciple you on teaching you all to, to obey the word of God. This is what it looks like for a man to honor, and, 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 and this is what it looks like for a woman to submit herself to her husband. This is what the Bible says that you're to be, and we walk somebody through that kind of discipleship. That works. It's not the most effective way, but it is one of the ways that works, okay? But we want to we wanna begin to shift that to where we're literally taking people through foundational principles of their faith, teaching them how to read the word, teaching them how to study the word, teaching them how to pray, teaching them to do things that the way God wants us to do. How would you like that? Would that be a, important to you? Yeah. I'm not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here are some of the ministries that I believe help this. The current ministries and opportunities to serve the mission. Every ministry I share about today touches our mission in some way of making radical disciples and Christ followers. 
These ministries are where you can help in our mission. And I'm going to go down these pretty, pretty quick. And I'm going to ask the Spirit of God to highlight an aspect of ministry. If you're, and I, I, will, not, I will not embarrass you today. I would love to embarrass you today, but I won't. <laughs> I would love for anybody that's not plugged in an aspect of ministry, I'd love to say, hey, will you raise your hand? But I'm not going to do that because that would embarrass you. Because most people are serving in an aspect of ministry here. I, I praise God. We do have a lot of volunteers. And some people are, are, are serving in multiple areas of ministry. And God may be calling you to a different ministry. He may be calling you to a different aspect. And I want the Spirit of God to convict. I want the Spirit of God to speak to you today. And so, Father, I ask now, as I go through these aspects of ministry, Lord, we thank you for all the ministry leaders who are producing disciples, who are helping to to, to, to raise up and to teach others how to obey you. I pray, God, that you would, as we go through these areas of ministry, God, that you would highlight to each person sitting here, how can they join the mission? How can they be fully in? How can they be invested, invested into the mission of this house? Father, I thank you that you are raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God in this generation. And so, Lord, we want to be a part of that mission of making disciples and we thank you for it so lord we need your help right now i don't want anybody to feel manipulated or guilted i father ask just like you did with abraham this morning as you began to reveal a vision to him i ask that you would reveal everyone in this house god what you've called us to and how they can make a part and be a part of the mission in jesus name all right cool amen so last week, Shelly began to unroll some of the next-gen stuff, and she started talking about our children's ministry, our middle school ministry, and our youth ministry, and I'm going to hit those just briefly because she hit them last week, and these are just some areas by which you can get involved, and we are raising up children who are radically and passionately and aggressively in love with God here in this house. We are so, so blessed. Can I have an Amen. I'm telling you, our children are prophesying. Our children, even today, they were part of the prophetic team. They, the children are being equipped to do amazing things. If you have children in this house, you better thank the ministry people who are working because they're doing a great job in discipling your children. Can I have an amen on that? So we have, we have needs in all these areas of ministry. We need teachers of preschool, toddlers, and elementary. Shelly shared last week where we're still needing about three teachers in order to take the vision and, the, and where we want to divide the classrooms. We need more teachers in order to do that. And that's how you can be a part of this, this generation and raising them up. We need nursery caregivers. We, we, we need purpose partners where they're crowd control, helpers in the classroom, people who pray. You might say, dude, I'm 80 years old. I can't get down on my hands and knees with the kids. I get that. I'm 55 and it's hard to get up sometimes. Dude, we need prayer warriors. We need people who are praying every week where you're going to care and you're saying, hey, which kid do you want me to pray for this week? Who do you want me to lift up? Who's in a struggle? And, and we're praying for these kids and we're praying for workers and we're praying for the, the teachers. 
Student check-in, we're getting ready to change that process and we're going to need more people to help check in students. Cleaning toys, creating lesson plans, copies, classroom supplies, social media communication. Man, the list goes on and on. We need mentors and disciples, people who will disciple children where you'll actually meet with them one-on-one -on -one and help them in, in, in training them. In the, in the ways of the Lord. We need people to take attendance. We need people to follow up with missing children. You know, when a child misses three or four weeks in a row, we want to pastorally reach out to them. We want to say, hey, mom, we've been missing Johnny. And can we talk to him on the phone? We say, hey, dude, we want you to know we're praying for you. We want to do that not just in the in big church. We want to do it in 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 the, in the camp, uh, not camp Grizzly, excuse me, children's ministry, elementary. You know, we're, we're changing names, and Shelley's talked about that. So we're, we need, we're needing that. We need people to follow up with missing children, school lunches, school activities. Right now, my wife is going doing school lunches, and it's amazing how proud the kids are when they see Miss Karen come in there, and they're just going, <laughs> you know, she's my pastor. That's Miss Karen. <laughs> And we uh, have bounce house and children's ministry, room rental, and event planning, and all of that kind of stuff. And as you can see, Karen Haler, my wife, she is, uh, we have all emails on there. Uh, if you don't have a computer, let me know. I'll give you telephone numbers, but we're really trying to do everything through email. The next area is uh, middle school ministry. The, whoops, I went too far. Back that up for me. Middle school ministry. Uh, Emma Shetterly is the lead person on that. And she has a great team uh, of a bunch of people who are helping with middle school ministry. We need teachers. We need purpose partners in that area. We're serving, cleaning, helping with food, set up, prayer, social media communication, connection with parents, all that same stuff, mentoring and discipling children, taking attendance, follow up with missing students, school lunches, school activities. Because I promise you, as Emma is a working mother and she has two little ones, I promise you there is not enough bandwidth for her to do all this. And we have to raise up a bunch of radical servants who will help reach out to the middle schoolers. And we also were changing some stuff in the middle school where we're starting the I Belong Connect Group. And we need Connect Group pastors and home hosts. And we're, we're literally taking that time to where we're going to meet in the homes with the kids and go deeper with them in their relationship and their connection with others. And so those are some exciting things in middle school. And Shelly's already mentioned that. We'll go to the high school here youth ministry. Shelly Hansen right now, she's our next-gen pastor, but she's leading this and getting it started, but we are going to hand that off to somebody. So we're, going to, we're looking for someone who will, will be the leader of youth ministry, but right now we are not going to not have it because we have a lot of on-fire teenagers who are passionately wanting to get more, uh, more involved in serving Christ themselves. So the same thing in youth ministry. Look at that. We want to raise up disciples. And the way we raise up disciples in the youth ministry, again, we need teachers. We need purpose partners. We need people who will mentor and disciple youth. We need people who will do Bible studies, attendance, follow-up, missing students, school lunches, the whole thing, the I Belong Connect groups. We have a lot going on behind the scenes. We have a lot going on behind the scenes. you guys realize how much is going on behind the scenes? And we got a lot yet to do. But this all takes time. It all takes time. And so when I go back to getting the weeds out of our life, I'm going, we need to get the weeds and the thorns out because many times people don't have the margin to help. They don't have the capacity because you might have to simplify your life like I did. You may have to work less hours. 
You may have to, you know, if God's calling you to this, if he's wanting, he does want you a part of the mission, but you may have to rearrange your life and get thorns out so that you can be a part of this. Amen? Cool. We're going to rack through these really quick. Connect group ministry. Jeff and Michelle Hughes lead our connect group ministry. Thank God for them. This is our, these are our connect group pastors, and we have uh, several groups that meet in the home. And uh, so we need connect group pastors and co-leaders who minister in homes. We need home hosts who host a connect group. We, we need those. This is what goes on in a connect group. Discipleship goes on. Uh, we need to atten make attendance and we, so we can call on members. Here's really, when I, when I talk about checking on members, meals for members who are sick, helping one another, having fun and doing life, here's, here's really the truth of it. And, and, and I'm, I can't embarrass my daughter because she's not here. So you guys just don't tell her I said this, okay? So everybody, you know, you know psh, psh, don't tell my daughter this. But if you're not in a connect group, your, your needs aren't going to be met. If you're not in relationship, my daughter just had a, a baby, but they're not in a connect group. They're not deep in relationship with people in this house. They're doing their own thing, and they're, they're not deeply involved. They've just gotten married, and it's all about... I didn't say it. You did Now, praise God, there were several people that brought meals and helped them because of deep relations that go back when Rebecca was 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years of age. But some people don't even know who they are. So I'm talking about my own family. I'm talking about the reality. I mean, years ago, there was a family that, that came here every Sunday, but no one knew them. And then the person had a stroke. And they had all these problems, and they had all these issues, and they were so mad at the people of New Covenant because New Covenant wasn't helping them. No one knew them. So I artificially got a bunch of guys together, and we start going out to their house, and we start helping all around their house. But again, who are we going to help? But when Gary Tower died? That's why everybody was <laughs> They were involved in Connect Group. You wanted somebody to mow the yard? Dang. I'll go mow his yard. I'll be there to help. And there are people mowing yards and doing all kinds of stuff. And we can't forget Deb because she's a widow. But if you're not involved in a Connect Group, you're going to get overlooked. You're not going to get discipled. You're not going to grow in your walk with Christ. And you say, but man, connect groups are so hard. You bet they are. Relationships are difficult. And they're intended to be. Why do you think you have so much problem in your marriage? Relationships are tough. But the goal of our, our, our connect groups is we want mutual friendship. 
We want connect groups to be a thing where I pour into Alger, Alger pours into me. He's just not coming to me and bleeding and, 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 and you know, get, no, thank you. get rid of the baby bottles. We don't just need suckers. Oh, can you believe he said that? But when Ashley's in a problem and she's in my connect group, I am helping her and she is helping me. And we're growing in our walk with Christ together. We're in the word together and we're growing in our walk with God. I want to tell you, if you're not in a connect group, shame on you. And to be honest with you, we don't have enough groups. Our groups actually need to double and triple. In order to truly, if we were going to reach out and we were going to have everybody in this house involved in the connect group, we don't even have enough space for connect groups right now. And when Jeff and I and, and, and Alex, and we're all talking about what is going to be the process that we do as a church in order to raise up leaders, to raise up pastors, to help increase that. Because I promise you, if we're going to grow as a church and we're going to make impact into this region and we're going to bring revival and the kingdom of heaven to this city and to this region, which, does anybody believe we're going to do that? There is no way we can do that with the pastoral care and that kind of stuff being on me. There is no way we can grow. We cannot do. We cannot. God is waiting for us to get involved in the mission because there's, we, can't even, we can't even handle more people. Can you imagine revival breaking out? And can you imagine having multiple services? Where would I get enough sound people? Where would I get enough video people? Where would I get enough altar people? We'd be wearing you all out. But we want to host revival. We want, to, we want to believe God for this amazing move of God, but yet it's going to take all of us sacrificing and breaking and, and laying our lives down for the, the gospel of Christ. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. And so these things are so important. And so that's Connect Group. I really want to encourage you to get involved in one and not even to get involved, but we'd be a Connect Group pastor. Let us equip you. Let us teach you. Let us help you in that process because we need so many more. Is that correct, Jeff? Are you sure, Jeff? Okay. Everybody wait. Five or ten more. Amen. So, and there's the information on that. I pray the Holy Spirit convicts you. Discipleship team. Our leader on that is Alex Fulton. We are looking for discipleship makers and leaders. We are looking for spiritual fathers and mothers. We're looking for mentors and coaches who train and equip us on how to make disciples. Helping, because, you know, here's the truth. And I've heard this over and over from people. Uh, if I meet with somebody, what do I take them through? What do I do? We're going we're gonna to solve that problem. We, we're, we're coming up with material and stuff that you can actually walk through with the Bible and teach them how to pray, teach them how to read the Word, and we're going to help you with that process. It's not just having cup, cup, cup of coffee at the cafe. Cup of coffee at the cafe is great because you've got to build a relationship, but we've got to start training and equipping people. You can help with water baptisms. You can get people connected to Christ. There's all kinds of things you can do with our discipleship team. And we're actually in the process of really, Alex has come up with a manual, and we're starting to move forward with our ministry team to kind of break that in to where we can really hone in. Because, again, this is the thing that I talked about earlier. Disciples making disciples. Matthew 28 says, Go, therefore, 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. So we need disciple makers. We also need people on the worship team. Tom Preble heads that up. He does assessments for musicians and singers. And boy, I know Tom has a desire to have two or three teams. We want multiple services. I know there is a worship CD that this house is going to produce. I'm going to keep declaring it. I'm not going to come off of it. But I promise you it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to keep, take people practicing. It's going to take people taking ownership of it and realizing they're a minstrel. They're a Levite. They're unto the Lord. That they're serving in the house of God just like they did in the Old Testament. And they're giving their life to worship. It won't be a part-time worship person that just has fun on the weekend. It is going to be people who, who play skillfully before the Lord, which is what that is. And I know Tom is big on that. And then he, there's some administration things you can help with copying song sheets, music books, all kinds of stuff. See Tom on that. There's ways to serve the worship team if you're not a singer. You definitely need to be praying for him. Video team. Chad has been asking for several weeks. I have no idea how many people have come to him to help. But I just want you to imagine for a moment if this was happening. I want you to imagine if um, we're singing a song and you're new to this house and we're all just in the glory land. Glory, hallelujah, praise Jesus. And all of a sudden the song, the words are gone. And you're a guest and you're going, what are they singing? Everybody else knows the song, but I'm sitting there going, what do I sing? Why do they sing it four times? Why do they sing it five times? Why do they sing it six times? Why do they sing it seven times? But the video team really helps. It helps with PowerPoint messages, all of our communication of announcements, songs, videos, uh, the scriptures, and all that kind of stuff. And Chad's been asking, oh, guys, I need help. I need some young, fiery ones who know how to use a computer. I mean, you can be 10 years old. As long as you're disciplined and your mom and dad will get you here, we'll get you trained. Amen? Okay, we're, we're, we're moving through this. Sound team, Tom leads that right now because we had a guy step down from that. But we need uh, audio and soundboard, posting messages to the podcast, serving worship team. Uh, this is for inside and outside events. So if we do an outreach, we need sound to outreaches. We need help with weddings. So when you have a wedding or a funeral and you need sound, you, you, you need somebody to help you with that. And again, it's part of the mission of raising up radical disciples. We have, uh, so sound team, you can see Tom on that. Um, here's, here's a good one. Me and Chris Hansen talked about this last week, and I talked to, to Clayton about it this week. How many remember last week? And um, during the service, and uh, Jeff Julian was giving, Chad first gave it a word of encouragement, and then Jeff Julian gave an exhortation. And the band was playing, and, and Chad was back nice and quiet and you couldn't hear Chad over the band and you couldn't hear Jeff over the band and so there's some dynamics that we're working on to make that better so when there's a prophetic word there's a word of encouragement that literally we're able to bring the music down and we're able to bring the voice up so that we can hear it anybody hard hearing besides me huh what'd you think 
But, 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 but how precious is that when you're, you're at the end of your message and all of a sudden that music starts coming up and we're starting to pray and you feel the presence of God. All of that comes from sound and video. They do an amazing job, don't you guys think? It is amazing. I mean, it's like, I don't know what it is about here at New Covenant, but man, when you get a microphone and you start to pray, man, when they add music to it, it's like, man, I, I, I'm ready to set the world on fire. There's something about the anointing of music, you know what I'm saying, that, that comes when we begin to pray and seek the Lord. But that is such a huge ministry that we, we need help in. So that's Sound Team. We got New Covenant University. We teach classes. We do how to raise kids God's way, love and logic, uh, training and equipping. We do classes. So we need teachers. We need people who do administration, like doing certificates and copies and attendance and setup, all that kind of stuff. Tom heads that up. And that the university, as you guys know, we're on a bi-weekly schedule. So one week we do the School of Ministry. We just got done with a prophetic class where the prophetic team did that. And you saw all the certificates that were given. But that was a lot of work, wasn't it, Sam? It was a lot of work. And wouldn't you like a ministry aid to kind of help you with all those copies and certificates? When we do a class, we do love and logic. We do other stuff like that that's equipping people, making disciples of all nations. When we do that, we need other people to help come alongside and help us with that. See Tom Preble on that. Altar team ministry. Alger Julson leads up our altar team ministry. Uh, how am I doing for time? Oh, dear Jesus. Praise the Lord. Altar team ministry. Uh, those who pray for the needs of others, minister aides and helpers. We have people, what we call catchers. If they, if the Holy Spirit comes on them strong, we want to make sure that we have somebody there to catch. You know, I've had some people say, uh, why do you guys put those cloths on people's backs? Is there some spiritual significance to material? Uh, no, we're just trying to cover their backside. They're called modesty cloths. And we put them on people. We need people to do that because when you go to the altar, you don't want to worry about your rear end. I'm just saying. Family meeting, sorry, but yes. Those are called modesty cloths, okay? And we do those for a reason. But we need people, all kinds of stuff like that. Hospital visitations and prayer for the sick. I praise God. Alger goes to the hospital a bunch. And I've had, I, I got to tell this story. Okay, guys, I know, it's 12 o'clock. This is a hilarious story. I got to tell you this, okay, bear with me. So I'm in the hospital. I've spent 20 days in the hospital. I'm very, very sick. And I'm in the hospital, and this lady that used to go to our church hijacks me while I'm in the hospital. Okay, I'm sick in bed, and she's coming to me to pray for her. She hears, I'm in the hospital, guys. This is no joke. She hears, I'm in the hospital. She hears it on Facebook, and then she calls all the hospitals in the area to find out where I'm at. And then she corners me for two hours in the hospital. And she wants me to pray for her. Hey, how about praying for me? I couldn't even hardly breathe. And I said, I've given you Alger Julson's phone number. Call him for prayer. He does a lot job, better job praying for the sick. We have people anointed to pray for the sick. I'm a shepherd. What you feel for me is comfort. What you feel for me is security. What you feel for me is safety. What you feel for me is wisdom and revelation. That's what I carry. So you need healing, you go to the healing team. You go to the altar team. And so I don't do all the hospital visitations here for a reason. 
Because they're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. If I, if I come and lay hands on you, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel comfort. You're going to come under the shade of my tree and you're going to go, oh, I feel so loved. But you're still going to be sick. I rebuke that. You know what I'm saying. I've laid hands on the sick and they've recovered, okay? But when I was in the hospital, there's no true. I had a vision when I was in the hospital. And the Lord showed me this huge oak tree. And it was huge and it was beautiful. And oak trees mean a lot to me because I'm a tree dude. And he showed me, and, and then he showed me a bigger tree. And, but but the, the little tree was me. And he said, you're that tree. And I'm sitting there, what? And he goes, yes, that's your tree. Look at it. And I looked at it. It was a beautiful tree. And he said this to me. He said, don't let people come under the shade of your tree and stay. Require something of them. Require change from their life. Don't let them just get comforted by your shade. But require something of them. Get rid of the baby bottles. Get rid of that and give them a hand grenade and begin to require change out of people's lives. It's a good word for me. I needed it. <laughs> then he showed me his tree. Let me just say the tree of the Lord is a whole lot bigger than my 40-inch oak. I couldn't see the end of that tree. I couldn't see the end of that tree. And I couldn't look up high enough to see the top of his tree as he showed me in vision form his presence. It was amazing, but that's okay prayer rabbit trail sorry had to do it love it <laughs> but you need to be a part of hospital visitation with the prayer for the sick prayers for others prayer at schools on monday tuesday and wednesday you realize we have people going into schools praying for revival in our schools three days a week and i think that's two of them but we have two faithful people maybe three who are doing it do you think we could use some more prayer warriors? Yeah. yeah. Preparation of communion elements, serving of elements, copying and folding bulletins. Those are all things that Alger takes care of under the altar team. Prophetic team. Sam Lunt heads up the prophetic team. And we have prophetic altar ministers giving heavenly perspective and speaking into the lives and future of others. Amazing. Amazing teams. And you need to, you really need to realize you can get a part, you can be a part of these things that are helping raise up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God. The transformation team, Michelle Preble leads up this thing, and it's our emotional healing ministry. Oh my goodness. Anybody had any emotional healing in this house? It is a culture. You can't even stay in this house without not getting some emotional healing. It's like, it's there. All of a sudden, you bump up to somebody's raw personality, and you go, hmm. I think I need to deal with something. And for sure you do. <laughs> no. But the emotional healing ministry we have here, we have financial counseling and coaching ministry, and, and Connie Julson heads that up. We have marriage enrichment and counseling, and Jeff Julian and his team head that up. And again, I, we shared briefly just with them up here this morning about a testimony with that. But this is our transformation center, and it is powerful. I wish I could go in more detail about it, but this is, you can, be a, you can be an emotional healing minister. You can get trained in this house how to help people, how to help set them free in their, the dark things inside their hearts. You can be a part of that, and we need more. I think we've got about 15 people trained in that, at least, and we need more people. It's amazing. 
All right, we got evangelism outreach. Chris Hansen leads this up, our outreach and evangelism events in the community. We have leaders, we need leaders and mentors training for evangelism. We need event coordinators, planners, set up, serving food, serving others, all that kind of stuff. You can contact Chris on that. We do meals for the poor once a month. Jenny Hughes does that, amazing, where we serve about 40 to 70 people every month for food. And, and Jenny, bless her heart, and Tammy and several others, Ken, uh, uh, several of the people are doing that, but you can be a part of that, helping serve the poor. We, have, we need help at the Leadership Academy. My wife heads this up, and what we do, it's really cool. We go into Eastwood, and we disciple kids. We, this last year, we had about 10 to 14 kids where we poured into them the values of the kingdom, and we, we met with them every Thursday, and we, it is so awesome. Natalie shared about one of the boys who had no clue that uh, homosexuality was in the Bible, and they shared that situation with him. He goes, I didn't know that it was wrong. And guess what? He has a girlfriend now. It's like, I mean, God's tra totally transforming this, six, this sixth grader. And it's just amazing, this outreach that we're doing is in the elementary. So you can help with that. You can help with the Christmas Blessing Program. We give gifts for children in Christmas Chase. That is her real name, Christmas. And she does the Christmas Blessing. Everybody wave at Chris. Chris, will you wave at us? Yes. Right there is Chris. Must. And that's her email where you can get involved in that. I'm going to quickly go safety and health. Brian Hughes heads up our safety and health team. We have monitors in this building front doors during every service. We have guys that are watching that to make, keep, make you safe. Take a look at the guy standing in the doorway right now. Look at that right there. He is back there making you safe. And uh, he is making sure, if, and I wanna say this to you parents, please don't let your kids run, run around the cabin. Don't let them go out on the sofas. We will actually send them back in here. And that is a safety issue. So we're not just being hard, hard, hard rear ends. If your kids need to use the bathroom, they go and they come right back, but don't let them run, run, run throughout the church. Can I have an amen on that? There's a reason. There's safety. These guys are watching because there's been many, many tragedies in the church. Yes. Amen. Our medical team for emergencies, all that kind of stuff. And by the way, we are about $400 shy of getting our AED. And so if you want to give towards our AED, which is to shock you back in we would love to have that money today just write a check for four hundred dollars to do coven worship center and we will get an aed right now all right thank you abraham i saw him go to his billfold how to who give me three give me five 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 who give me four 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 ah sold sold four hundred dollars from abraham Hamlet. thank you you are getting a mission you are getting you're getting a call to the mission yes right amen Spend that detailing money. That's right. You don't need to worry about that fiance. You don't have to worry about that wedding. Don't worry about that, buddy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just see me after service. All right. Building and maintenance team. We have a building and maintenance team. Alger heads this up. Maintenance of the building and grounds, furnace filters, lights, repairs, landscaping, mowing, painting, hiring your contractors. Do you realize that all these lights have ballast in them and they go out? And guess who does 90% of that by himself? Who? Abraham. Yeah. He might have to YouTube that. And Alger's not really good. If you haven't noticed this about Alger, he's not really good about asking for help. Oh, I'll just do it. Yep, I'll be there tomorrow and change out that outlet that somebody fried in the, in the toddler room. It's like, boy, I hope that kid was okay. 
if your kid comes home and his head's standing up like that, we really ministered the spirit that day. Put some Velcro on the ceiling and we'll really take care of them kids. All right, right, right. But he does that and you can get involved. And if you like to work with your hands, please see Alger. He needs your help. Amen. Communication team. Kate Fulton is head of this. She does the announcements, the church calendar, Facebook, and social media. There's others that do that as well, but Kate's there, and, and, and it's so important. We have been poor in communication, and Kate's really helping us to get a handle on our communication, and we have a long way to go, don't we, Kate? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to introduce me. Yeah, I didn't communicate that. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Website management is Chad Cooper, if you want to help with that. Um, Chad Cooper is in video there, but uh, we need help with... Uh, putting stuff on the website, keeping the, the website current and all that kind of stuff, making it creative, making it look good and all that kind of stuff. Because I'll tell you right, you know, you guys realize this? I'll go back. Do you realize that most people are checking out your church and they're coming to your church through your website first? And then the second way is, is when, you as a, when you invite somebody and you bring them with you. Reason our attendance is low is you're not inviting anybody. And the other reason is our website needs a lot of work. <laughs> Don't you be laughing at me. <laughs> All right, website management. All right, care team, that's what I lead up. This is uh, kind of the, the pastoral care stuff. Much of the pastoral care strategy is on the connect groups because we care for each other in friendship and love. But those people who are not a part of connect groups, we try to do our best in meeting the needs of others. But our hospitality team, which is headed up by Jenny and Jenny uh, Hughes, they are that, that that deals with the greeting of guests, gift bags to guests, helping direct guests to children's ministry in other areas, bulletins handed out, stock uh, stock gift bags for guests, buying chocolate and maybe eating a piece or two yourself. Um, you know, we do pay high high salaries to to do this ministry. We will allow you to have one or two pieces of chocolate. Um, it's serving sacrificially, and Jenny does most of this. Setting an atmosphere of care and love. Does it not feel good when you walk into this house and you get loved on people when you get here? We're not doing any leg wraps, and we're not, we're not trying to go too... I know, I know some people don't like the greeting, and I get it too, and we need to make sure we don't over-greet. You realize you can over-greet? And we don't want to do that as well. But we need people who help with food. We need funeral dinner people help. We need food preparation for pregnant moms and those who are sick. We need a lot of help when it comes to food. And if you can help with that, Jenny Hughes is the person to contact on that. We have guest follow-up and getting them plugged into a connect group. Our goal, when a guest comes to this church, our goal is to get them plugged into a connect group immediately. Get them connected into relationship. And so that is, that is, that is step one. Step two is that they get in a discipleship relationship, that they actually get somebody to help walk them in the ways of the Lord and teaching them to obey. And there's other steps that we're working on. So where we're telling people that where we're taking them and what God wants to do. We need help with our Meet Our Team. We're getting ready to start in the fall to where our guests are, getting, are going to get invited to uh, a drink with our team, come meet our team. And I need help with... Uh, some events with that. I need help with publications and other administrative tasks. So if you think you would love to help with our guests and that kind of stuff, you really need to see me. 
um, membership follow-up, calling and checking on those who are missing. I, I really appreciate it. Gary Tower was one of my, my greatest uh, assets in the house. Um, he would get the attendance report, and he would just go down, and he'd start calling people. And I don't know what was about Gary's voice, but Gary would call, and uh, he, oh, we're missing you. And you know what? He may call six or seven people, and guess how many would be there that Sunday? Probably about four. Because people love Gary. And people knew Gary loved them. Amen. And so if you're that kind of person where you love people and you really want to help in reaching to people, I can tell you we have about 65 to 70 people missing today. We actually have about 40 people who have missed three weeks in a row. And we have a bunch of people who have missed over 10 weeks in a row. But they call this their house. Does that bother anybody? Look around you. Who's missing? They're probably going through a tragedy. They're probably going through a trial. They probably got some thorns that are in their life and they need somebody to help them. And so I really want to encourage you. That back row right through there, that whole section over there, that used to be a lot more people in it. And we need, we need, we need help in that. Sending cards, notes, and visitation see me to help also offering team brian hughes verifying counting offering ushers stocking envelopes guest cards and sanctuary seating all that kind of stuff we have a great offering team and they really do a great job of um, administrating the money that comes in in a safe way to where there's two people always counting it and there's accountability and safety in that area and then church office and administration we have connie julson who does the church accounting i do the deposits there's Reporting, church attendance, church directory. You guys realize we need a new church directory? We need a new church directory where we know who's here and we know how to get a hold of each other. And so we're, we're going to try to work on that in the coming months. Guest letters, mailings. That's all the kind of stuff. Do you guys realize that's all going on behind the scenes? Hello? We could sure use your help. And here's what I want to say. All that pertains to the scripture that I read at the very beginning in Matthew 28, that he's ra- we're raising up disciples, you say, how does offering team and how does church administration, dude, if you don't do that stuff, you're not going to reach disciples. It is part of the process. But last week, Shelly, and here's where I want to land the plane today. Last week, Shelly ta- started talking about, where's Gage? Hey, Gage, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing over there. Everybody say hi to Gage. She talked about how Gage was a mess. And he giggles over there because he has no clue how messed up he was. (laughs) I mean, he was jacked up. And I think of that young man getting ready to go to Bethel and to give his life for the gospel. Thanks, Gage. Thanks for being a disciple of Christ. I love you. And boy, we're going to miss you when you go in August. I was online this week, and many of you wouldn't know this girl. Her name's Crystal, was Crystal Dahl, but she's married. When I saw her post, she's out of state now, but she was a part of this house. She was a part of the youth ministry. She was just 16 at the time. 
and God radically saved her heart. And she was online this week just praising God, standing and believing God for some things in her life. And I was like, you go, girl. Makes me so proud. Would love to have kept her. <laughs> There's so many that have come and go. And we've had some we've lost. <laughs> and those hurt too. We've had young ones fall away from the Lord, but I promise you, if you're here and you have a child that's out wayward, I promise you they're going to come home. We're praying for them. And then I saw another post on Facebook of Tamara Townsend. And she had a guitar on, and her husband were worshiping the Lord. And she's the one, when we took her to Young Lions Conference in Ohio, she was just 16 years old as well. And God took a cavity, or a, a filling in her mouth, and he turned it to gold in the middle of the conference. And she comes back. We were still in that little building down on three. And the youth, the youth come back, and they're all fired up for Jesus. And she's going, look at my mouth, look at my mouth. And this filling, God had miraculously turned it from black, the normal color, to gold. And she's online worshiping the Lord on her guitar. And I'm saying, oh, God, you are raising up disciples. You are raising up young ones who are passionate. This week, Jesse Furrow, who was a part of this church, bless his heart, he just got married, but he's going to Uganda for two years on the mission field. Two years, same age as Abraham. And he's going to the mission field, and I'm going, you are raising up disciples. You are doing it, God. I think of my own son, Joel, who next year, I mean, you'll probably get a letter from him here recently, because... What he's getting ready to do this next year, he cannot do on his own. He has to raise like $12,000, and I don't have twelve grand to help him. He can't raise that kind of money over the summer in his job, and he's going to send out mission letters to you guys. But he's a fiery one. Who's a disciple. Abraham and... Ryan came to me this week and said, we want to be a part of New Covenant's mission. We want to help. And then God gives him a, a vision this morning. He's raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God. I think of Tabitha. She's on the mission field. And oh God, I thank you for I thank you for Tabitha. She sent a video this week of kids worshiping and worshiping God and, and wanting to update us. And we, we weren't able to get it in today. And I could go on and on and on. I, I met with somebody last week, and they go to another church, but they were here since they were 14, and they were just saying, "I'm sorry, we left." And I had no idea what this church was doing to pour into me and how much I have to now give this other church. And she was just pouring her heart out to me and saying, thank you. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. So if you'll stand with me. Uh, I just want to pray for us. 
that we will not grow weary in well-doing, that we will not, um, as you look at the gauges and you look at the young men and women who have come through this house, and some have done well and some haven't, I, I get that. But I'm asking you today, as, as we've talked about the next generation, I just ask that you would be all in. I'm asking you would reprioritize your schedule, your time. I ask that you would quit being so consumed with entertainment and the cares of this world that you would re-enlist on the mission. And that you would take that bulletin insert today and you would look down at all the ministries and you say, God, how can I serve? How can I lay my life down? How can I be a part of the serving of this mission of raising up passionate disciples from the next generation? Because as I look back, I didn't think God was doing much, but in reality, He was. And so, Father, I publicly repent of getting lazy, of not seeing what you want me to see. For Father, seeing what's wrong sometimes rather than what is right. And Father, I thank you that you are raising up a Gideon's 300, an army. They're going to put on flat jackets. They're going to put on hand grenades. They're going to equip themselves to reach a generation. And so, Father, I pray in the days ahead as we talk about mission, as we talk about healing our relationships, our marriages, as we talk about all this, it points to you're getting weeds out of our lives so that we can be about your mission. And so, Father, I just ask, God, that you would minister to each person here today on how they can get involved in the mission of raising up radical, passionate, aggressive disciples of Christ from this next generation who will love deeply, who will serve sacrificially, who will speak truthfully, who will God live holy, who will go globally in the supernatural power and presence of Holy Ghost, calling all people to confess you as Lord. Father, thank you for it. I pray for the enlistment. I pray, God, that you would begin to convict people and that they would begin to call the ministry leaders and say, how can I help? Father, we thank you for that. Father, I pray now that the soil of this message would now land on good soil that will produce a harvest of 30, 60, and 100-fold. That, Father, we will see young, fiery ones rise up as we pour our lives into this next generation. And, Father, we give you praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints said, amen. amen.